the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Well, welcome back to the Michael Savage podcast. I have for you now a week in review where I hit some of the major news stories and some non-political talk that I don't think you're going to want to miss, and you can't get it anywhere else but here on the Savage Rap Live. And if you like this, if you like the Savage Rap, subscribe to my YouTube page. Thank you so much for listening to the Michael Savage Podcast. Now, settle back and enjoy. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Welcome to the Savage Rap. Thank you for being here. I wish I could follow the advice of a wise man who I quote sometimes. I walk around my house. It says, imagine if you could open, only open your eyes and see only the positive, the good in every person, the positive in every circumstance and the opportunity in every challenge. But I can't. I'm a cynic. I've been cynical since I'm a child and we live in cynical times unlike any I've ever seen in my life. Welcome to the program. Am I to be the only ensign on a hill? I don't think so. I'm not alone. Where did the phrase an ensign on a hill come from? It comes from the rock of ages, something that you consider an antique, the Bible, till you are left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain and as an ensign on a hill. Well, I can't say I'm the only ensign on the hill, but I will say that this country has fallen to a level that in my years in America, as an American citizen, born as I was in Manhattan, living as I do now in the San Francisco area, eight decades of life, you learn certain things after spending many, many hours and days and months and years reading, digging, digging and digging and earning higher degrees, writing books, doing radio shows, doing podcasts, doing YouTube appearances, you come to certain conclusions and you have to sort and you have to sift and you have to evaluate. I have never seen a time like this in all my years in America with so much corruption. We have an ossified central government. Unlike any in American history, it has never, ever been like this. We have a president who was clearly suffering from advanced Parkinson's dementia, any second-year medical student would have said that in an age when second-year medical students still understood what medicine really was. 
We have today a shocking story. Mitch McConnell is up there with his, it's like a weird voice that Mitch McConnell always uses, isn't it? It's like the Charlie McCarthy voice. It's not even his. It's like, and he, and he froze. Bipartisan cooperation and a string of The poor man obviously suffered a stroke while peddling yet another God knows how many billions for Zelensky in Ukraine. We just tied up the uh, Defense Authorization Act and we gave him another hundred billion. And that was it. I wish you the best, Mitch. The country is ossified. But what's the news? The news is shocking. Again, I didn't want to talk about Hunter Biden. I was actually here to talk about, well, I was going to talk about mysticism. I have delved into the Kabbalah as an amateur. I'm not, I'm not the, the actress who claims to be an expert. And I was going to talk about the 13th gate of how to reach God. But I don't know. You really want to hear about the 13th gates and mysticism? I may get to it. I may not get to it. I may do it as a whole standalone show. Don't you all want to reach heaven in your lifetime? Lin Yutang wrote, this earth is the only heaven. So let's say you're an atheist. Let's say you don't believe in that stuff that Oh, those Jews believed in for 5,000 years, and then them Christians, and then Muslims. They don't know anything. You know everything. You're a cynic. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in religion. You don't believe in any of that. What do you believe in? Reason? Where's the reason in this country? You believe in, in climate change? Good for you. The climate's been changing since Adam stooped Eve. And I told you about the Vostok ice core samples. If you were unable to even follow that, Please go to another YouTube channel, and you could probably see a tranny showing her fanny. But you're not going to hear science. What they did to us during COVID with the lies about the deaths magnified by a thousandfold, they're lying to us now about climate change. They moved on from one scam to the next scam to the next scam to the next scam. What else is going on in the world? Hunter drama deal off. I didn't want to talk about the Hunter deal. Didn't want to do it. I can't stand talking about Hunter Biden. I always thought it was a distraction, but the deal fell apart. Did you hear what happened? Or uh, Anderson Cooper didn't report it yet. Did you hear that his scummy lawyers went in and chained, made believe they were with another firm and got a, a record pulled out and thrown out of the file? This is something I have never seen happen in my lifetime. Oh, yeah, maybe some grifter attorney somewhere in Brooklyn does it every day of the week with some corrupt, rotten judge in a stinking robe. Years ago, I said the stench from the bench is making me clench. So I'm not a child. I understand who judges are. They're basically lawyers who work their way up politically to become judges, by and large. The stench from the bench is making me clench. But even this was too much for the Department of Injustice under Merrick Garland, the flower. Did you hear what the deal was? Lifetime immunity from any further prosecution. There's no such deals in the world. They don't exist. I found that out many years ago in some lawsuit I was involved in that no one can say that if you settle with this deal now, they can't sue you again. It's, it's illegal. It doesn't work. Apparently, Hunter's lawyers worked out such a deal behind the scenes. But the gobbler freezes up at the podium while talking about giving away another few billion dollars to Zelensky, freezes up solid, and the Hunter Biden pled, plea deal fell apart, blew up. Judge this, judge that, hunter this, hunter that. Ossified central government. Yesterday, Biden said he cured cancer. Did you hear that one? In the middle of a speech, he trailed off, said, well, we cured cancer. One of the things I'm always asked is, you know, uh, why why Americans uh, have sort of lost faith for a while and be able to do big things. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can that's why, and we can't. We end the cancer as we know it. Do you understand the danger we are in? So who's running the country if it's not Biden and if it's not McConnell? The lobbyists are running America. They have no soul because they have no country. They do what they're paid to do. There are no checks and balances on lobbyists. They're not elected officials. They're nothing. They're just bag men, carpet baggers. So they're running America. They are running America just like the young aides behind the scenes 
are drafting the legislation and the speeches for the ossified leadership. Those are some of the topics I did want to talk about, and I just did. I did. I did. I also want to. I think I'm going to get to the mysticism in the 13th gate. It's all I really care about. I mean, the older I get, the more I'm interested in the eternal and God. But it didn't start yesterday. It started when I was five years old and ran down the streets of the Bronx screaming, the world is coming to an end. The world is coming to an end. And they thought I was crazy. I was a little kid, and I think I saw a picture of the second atomic bomb on Nagasaki. And I was a little kid, and I saw this picture. I ran down Longfellow Avenue screaming, the world is coming to an end. They took me to a slew of doctors. My parents were poor. They thought I was crazy for saying that. But the Bible kind of wrote about kids like me. The children shall prophesize, and your old men shall dream dreams. Maybe I was a little prophet and didn't know it. But here I am. And what has God kept me alive for? Tell me what God kept me alive for, to just sit on YouTube, to talk to you? Tell me why. Why am I here? The only justification I can actually believe in myself is to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's the only thing that makes me come on the YouTube and do my podcasts. That's it. Nothing else. Does it, does it mean that I know the truth? No, it doesn't mean I know. I solely know the truth. What I know is how to use deductive reasoning. I was taught as a little boy how to reason for myself by my immigrant father, who was not an educated man. Came here at age eight, worked very hard, only graduated high school, but he was inherently very intelligent. And he taught me to think for myself. If I would say, Dad, why is the sky blue? He would actually have me reason with him. Or why does the, why do, you know, why do fools fall in love? I mean, stuff like that. He helped me reason it out. He'd say, now think about that, and he'd teach me the steps of reasoning. Now compare that with the kids today whose parents don't know how to reason, by and large. So I figured if God gave me all these years, and there are a lot of extra years here, probably 40 more than I thought I'd have, because I always thought I'd die at about 40. Nobody wants to die young. You know anyone who wants to die young unless there's something really wrong with them or they're sick or mentally sick, Right. No one wants to die young. Everything wants to live. My father taught me that as well. Look, I'm talking about my father a lot. He and I didn't even get along. It's really funny. Remember, he uh, took me to a movie when I was six, seven years old, a little projector in the Catskill Mountains in a bungalow colony. I used to run movies on a rainy day. It was in an August. I remember the day. It was, you know, very damp. It was called Bring Him Back Alive with Frank Buck. And it was about a uh, an animal hunter who didn't kill the animals, he brought them back alive in cages. And I kind of liked that. I liked that they brought back the lions and the tigers and the elephants without slaughtering them. There's something nice about it to a kid. Kids don't like to see animals killed. They don't like it. We drive past farms and we'd see cows and I'd say, first thing, are they dairy or are they meat, dad? Because if they were meat cows, it means they were going to be killed. I didn't like that. They were dairy cows. I felt good. It's like Elsie was chewing on grass. Kids are fundamentally nice, by and large. They're good, unless they're beaten, unless they're deprived, unless they have sick bastards for parents. Children are fundamentally kind. Not all. Some are evil. They become lawyers and politicians. But aside from the legal class and the political class, most people are kind and want a kindness in the world. NPR calls the effort to make people eat bugs a right-wing conspiracy, but push the idea multiple times to eat bugs. You hear this? Unbelievable. Well, I could cover the news. I didn't do the one news thing before. I may shift gears or may end it. But there's one other news story I have to touch on, and that is India bans the export of non-Basmati rice to control domestic prices. This is one of the biggest stories of our time. I saw it happen the other day. And I'm in the market today to buy some rice, and the prices are almost double here. I buy only organic California rice. We happen to have a whole Indian community in uh, the far reaches of Northern California who built a rice industry that's fantastic to show you the difference in immigrants. Some come here as bums, grifters, mooches, leeches, parasites. The Indians came here. They built a rice industry up in Northern California. So we have a great rice industry. I only buy local organically grown rice grown in California. But I said, well, what happened? Why did India ban the export of non-Basmati rice to control domestic prices? It was simple. 
Biden's endless war against Russia. That forced Russia to cancel the export of wheat. Did you read that one? You missed that one while you're looking at a, uh, a tranny showing her fanny on YouTube? Well, don't miss that one. High international prices of rice due to the geopolitical scenario and El Nino sentiments, that's weather, El Nino is coming like it does on a regular basis every seven or so years. But once Russia ended the Black Sea grain deal and threatened to treat ships heading for Ukrainian ports as potential military targets because of Biden's sending weapons, advanced horrendous weapons to Ukraine, Russia reacted by banning, ending the Black Sea grain deal. What happened was global food prices soared. They were dropping. Cereals were hitting a two-year low before the Black Sea Agreement expired on July 17th. And then all of a sudden, bingo. And then India jumped in. And because of the rise in prices of commodities, they know what's coming. Africa a few months ago was trying to broker a peace deal. Zelensky said drop dead. Now, listen to me. I got to be very clear. I know the Ukrainian people are suffering right now more than the Russian people. I understand that. But if you don't know the whole history of the whole region, you don't understand what's going on. There's always two sides in a war, always. Whether it's a street fight, there's two sides to a story. Or a war, there's two sides to a story. We had a civil war in this country, didn't we? You know, the India thing is a big one. So I go in the market to buy the rice today. I remember living in Hawaii many decades ago, and when there was a rice shortage of shipment to Hawaii, the local people, mainly the Japanese who love rice, would hoard up on these 50-pound bags of rice, mainly coming out of Japan. So I forgot, I'll go buy another pound of rice. I don't eat it that often. It's delicious. You know, it's gluten-free and all of that. It's actually very good for you. So got the rice. It's double, it's double in price the last time I bought two pounds of rice. It went up twice. I never saw anything like this. I never saw anything like it. Rice has doubled. It's like talking to the kid, supermarket clerk. I said, you ought to look at the price of rice. It's going to get higher. He said, what happened? Why is it? I said, because of Biden's endless war against Russia and the, the, the grain deal, grain prices went up. So rice is going to go up. Wait until you see. He said, oh, everything's going through the roof. See, everyone knows this except the uh, con men, the grifters, and the ossified leadership of America. Everyone knows this. I see it. I see people texting me about how they're struggling. Many of you listening to this are working two, three jobs. You're not from Venezuela. You're not from Haiti. You're not from Mexico. You're not from Guatemala. You're not from El Salvador. You're not bringing in drugs, making believe it's a baby in your belly. So therefore, you're feeling it. If you're from one of those countries, oh, you get a free hotel room, free phone, someone to come and ask you how you're feeling that day, and God forbid they should ask you to clean the gutters. Okay, you get it? Ossified central government, India cuts rice exports owing to Biden's Russia war, El Nino, Russia ended Black Sea deal. Biden's plea deal blew up in his face. God knows what's going to happen next. Who they're going to smear off, which rotten, stinking, fetid judge will be bought off tomorrow. But that's not what I wanted to talk about, but I'm at it. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So you are left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain and as an ensign on a hill. Well, I'm not alone, but I'm certainly an ensign on a hill. So here's how it starts. I was reading the daily prayer book given to me by a local rabbi. He gave me a, a large format, one made out in my name. And I was reading the introduction to it. I never read it. And I didn't know what he's talking about. So he starts quoting the Kabbalah and says, the Kabbalah says you can only ascend to heaven only through its particular gate by means of its specific nusach. What does that mean? According to the Kabbalah, I read, and I'm no expert on this. I'm not an actress from Hollywood. She's an expert on everything, including diet foods. According to the Kabbalah, there are in fact 12 Nusacht, one for each tribe of Israel. There were 12 tribes of Israel, that you know, in accordance with the unique and distinct spiritual quality of each. 12 tribes of Israel, each different. Similarly, I read, there are in heaven 12 gates corresponding to the 12 tribes. The prayers of each tribe, they had different tribes, different prayers, teaches the Kabbalah, can ascend to heaven only through its particular gate by means of its specific nusach. 
Then the, so the Zohar and other mystical texts teaches this. Since the prayers of the members of each tribe can ascend and enter the heavenly gate only through its own nusach, what of one who does not, does not know to which tribe he belongs? How should he pray? How will his prayers ascend to God? According to the Talmudic and Kabbalistic experts, there is a 13th gate, Shar HaKolel, a general all-inclusive gate for all Jews, no matter to which tribe they belong. So you're saying, well, what if I'm not Jewish? That's your problem, not mine. I'm only reading to you from one particular worldview, one world religion. I can't speak for the others. But the mystics in the, in the Jewish people, the, the very religious people, not the type that you want to vomit from, the bagels and locks Jews in Congress, uh, not the Shuma Jew. You want to start naming the ones that turn my stomach? The type that crucified Jesus? I've said it before. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'll say it again. The Sanhedrin voted. The Sanhedrin had a vote. The ruling rabbis, 80 of them. The majority said crucify Jesus, but there was a minority of Jews who said, do not crucify the man, Jesus of Nazareth, because he's innocent. I like to believe I'm part of the group that would have said, do not crucify Jesus, and that the Schumers and the others who turned my stomach and the type that made me leave New York because they were so corrupt and evil, I like to believe they were the type, the crucifiers who were crucifying America right now, along with their friends, the Goyim, corresponding 13th gate in heaven, a 13th nusach through which the prayer of any Jew can ascend. So there it is, the 13th gate. Then coincidentally, see, I'm doing it. I didn't want to do it. Here we go. Then coincidentally, I, I'm reading a lot. You know, it's summertime. I like to read in the summer for some reason. Everyone in my family's traveling somewhere. <laughs> I don't like to travel. I told them, here's where I travel from here to here. You know, it's hard enough to travel from here to here without getting falling into a cavern once in a while. So I'm, I'm, somehow I stumbled on a book. The 13th Gate Travels Amongst the Lost Tribes of Israel. I said, I got to buy the book. It's an obscure book. Don't look for it. it. Please don't buy the book. And it's about people around the world who have studied and believe that they're part of the, 13, the Lost Tribes of Israel. So here's a picture of a Japanese calligrapher and art collector who believes he is a member of the Lost Tribe of Zebulun, the Kiata Synagogue in Japan, for example. What? Right. So there are Lost Tribes of Israel. And I will tell you something that I think I've hinted at in my past, which I've never really developed, but this is going to have me do it. I found this book shortly after I got that prayer book, and it shows pictures from around the world of Jews that you probably don't even know are Jewish. Did you know about the Falashas? Did you know about them? Did you know how they were saved? you know anything about the Israelis who saved them in the 1950s from slaughter, the black Jews of Ethiopia, the Falashas? You didn't know about them, huh? Occasional cortex didn't teach you that the Jews flew into Africa and rescued them and they said their prayers had been answered that after 2,000 years of praying in Africa, these lost Jews, these falashas, said that one day a bird would come from heaven and come down and lift them and take them to the land of Israel. You didn't know that. Jews saved them. Did you know about the Lemba tribe in Johannesburg that they believe they're descended from the lost tribe of Israel? You didn't know that, huh? Guess Eck. Joseph Biden didn't teach you any of that. Did you know about um, a falasha feeding a child in the Um Rakhabit camp? A falasha woman inside a temple that they built. A Lemba boy. These are all people who believe they're descended from Jews. This may come as a shock to some African Americans listening to the show. I think they don't know anything about this. Maybe they ought to study a little bit more about it. I've studied a lot about it, and now I'll conclude with some other thing, which is this. Here I am, born in the Bronx, actually born in Manhattan, raised in the Bronx and Queens. Now, all the boys of my cast, and we were of, I would say, the lower socioeconomic, not poor, just above, you know, moved out of the Bronx to escape the true poverty, rented an apartment in Queens, blah, blah, blah. But most of the boys I knew became doctors or lawyers or businessmen. None of them, you know, were intellectual in any manner. They were nice boys. They were my friends. I really don't know what drove me. What the hell was I doing in Fiji collecting medicinal plants? 
what was I doing in the Marquesas, one of the most remote islands, island chains on the planet, studying traditional medicine, Tonga, Samoa? What was I doing? Why was I driven there? And what went on in those nights that I sat in a bure in Fiji? No electricity. It was still 1968. No electricity back in the hills. And drinking kava kava with the men all night long. Drinking, drinking kava kava till our skin disappeared and our faces disappeared in the darkness. And there was no light except maybe reflected moonlight inside the bure. And all that was there were the 12 or 13 or 15 black men and me. And all that was left were eyes. That's all we all saw of each other. So this white guy, all these black guys, and then they would say to each other in Fijian for me to hear, I don't think he's American. I think he's Fijian, don't you? I don't know what it meant. But I will tell you, I found certain things about the Fijian people that had me convinced sometimes that they were one of the lost tribes of Israel, which is why I was obsessed with studying their folkways, most particularly their healing plants. Who knows what drives us in life? Do we really know? Do we really know what motivates us to do the things that we do? Are we that conscious? Can we really understand the depths of our soul, the connections to God, the great power, Hashem, whatever you want to say, Allah, great power, God, whatever. I've told you before, I know many of you don't believe me, I've been with witches in Fiji who could read the future of people. I told you that story before. Maybe you don't believe it, but I saw it with my own eyes. We were going out to the Asawa Islands, and I took a young friend with me. He was a like an Adonis kind of guy. He was the photographer. He was afraid of nothing. He was just like Billy Budd, afraid of nothing. And um, he was going to be the photographer on the trip. So... We took the boat out from Nandi to the Asawa Islands, and something happened. Now, two days before in Suva, we went to see the card reader that my friend Dominico used to take us to before every expedition. She'd throw the cards and read our future. Look, I'm a rationalist, so it, I don't know what it meant, but I figured I'll, you know, hedge my bet here. This is what they believe in. I'll follow it. So, you know, normally she'd say things are going to go okay, whatever, you know, just a normal thing. This time, she threw the cards out, the Fijian woman, and she didn't want to read what, what she saw. And I had to say, please, tell me what you see. And she was very shy. She didn't want to read it. And she said, I, I, I don't want to. So we encouraged her to read it. And she said, Michael, your work is going to go well, what you're here for. But him, and she trailed off. And she stopped. Well, he laughed. You know, we paid no attention to it. Two days later, we get off the ship from Nandi to the Asawas, and uh, I said he was a daring young guy, and he jumps off the boat barefooted and you know walks across the sand. We're going through the sand, and then in the strand, and then into the village. But on the sand, he says, ouch. And he stepped on something that was sharp and cut his foot. And in a few minutes, he couldn't walk. And this is a tough, strong kid. So we had to carry him back to the boat. Luckily, I traveled with a medical kit and had antibiotics. I always took various stuff with me, and we gave it to him, and then he went back. We, could, we had to go back to Suva, put him in a hospital, and he got very sick, almost died. They saved him. And what happened was is that he stepped on a piece of poisonous coral. You don't know the tropics are extremely dangerous. People don't know anything about the plants, the animals, nothing. So you could step on a piece of poisonous coral and literally cut your foot. You know about reef swimming? Anyone who's lived in the tropics knows if you scratch your foot on a coral reef, you can get a very bad infection. Well, he didn't scratch his foot. He actually, something penetrated the, the foot. And um, he got sepsis, almost died. But he said he was bitten by a ghost. That's how he did it. He put it in a poetic term. But she saw it. The point of my story is the card reader saw it in advance. How did she see this? And it goes back to what I was saying to you before. Why was I, a kid from Queens, Bronx, Manhattan, 
Why was I not following the paths of my cohorts? Doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever, businessman, whatever they were doing. What the hell motivated me to be a dreamer and go collect plants in the Fiji Islands? Why? And sit for those horrible nights. I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I would much rather have been home. But I had to do it. There was some comp something compelling me. And that wraps up the wrap of the day. And with God's will and your listenership, I shall return God knows when. Only God knows when. Do I know what's coming tomorrow? Do you? Do you know what's coming tomorrow with the ossified leadership in this country? The, the leadership. Who runs the Republican Party? Moonshine Mitch. Who runs the country? Who runs the country? Demented Joe. Who runs Congress? Hidden faces, lobbyists. Who runs the media? Perverts, demons, and criminals. My friends, we've never been in a place like this before, and I only wish that I could imagine that I could open my eyes and see only the good in every person, the positive in every circumstance, and the opportunity in every challenge. But unfortunately, I'm only a man. Thanks for listening to The Savage Rap. Hit the subscribe button, but be sure to go to the podcast about the wolves. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. As you can hear in the background, the metronome is running. What's not running in America anymore is the Bell of Liberty. The Bell of Liberty has been silenced by a madman in the White House. Now, hold on now. I know the country's divided, but I could care less. Let me tell you why I just said a madman in the White House, or do you need to know? What president in your memory has gone out of his way to meddle in a foreign election so nakedly as Joe Biden just did in Israel? That was a day after the demented president of the United States of America attacked one of the finest entrepreneurs in American history, the Edison of our time, Elon Musk, and said he should be investigated. He said he hasn't done anything wrong necessarily, but we're going to investigate him. I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth, worth being looked at. Uh, and uh, um, and uh, but that's all I'll say. Do you have any idea when we last heard that in the world? Yes, we heard it from none other than Nancy Pelosi, another fascist dictator. But Pelosi learned it from Joseph Stalin's Beria, who was his, well, if you look up who Beria was, he was the strongman of Stalin. They were both insane. Beria said, show me the man and I will show you the crime. Is that the country that you want to live in? A country where a president will say, we should investigate Elon Musk. We don't know if he did anything wrong, but we should investigate him anyway because he won't bend his knee to us. Do you have any idea what kind of nation we're living in? How can you cheer this on unless you yourself are a fascist dictator in your heart? Welcome to the Michael Savage summary today, the Savage Wrap, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. I made some notes before the show today of what were the main topics I wanted to cover. One, Biden threatens Netanyahu, meddles in foreign election, openly and nakedly. Two, Biden threatens Musk. And then ask your audience, have we lost our democracy? Have we lost our democracy? Did we ever have one? Hmm? But those are the headlines. Here are some others from michaelsavage.com. Biden administration sues the state of Texas over floating border barriers used to repel illegal aliens. Now, why would a president continue to flood America? We can't take care of our own homeless bums. We have a welfare state that's bloated like a tick on a mule's behind. We have illegal aliens living in $400 a night hotel rooms. We have reports of illegal aliens living on the streets of many major cities and mayors, even Mayor Adams of New York, begging the government to stop flooding America 
with any more. But Biden says no more, more, more. Crazy country, isn't it? Has it been this bad? I don't know, really. I know it was pretty bad during the era of the Vietnam War. And we all lived through that. But those protests were organized by the communist left. Not really a peace movement, but a communist movement. Note cards and shorter stares how Biden's campaign is addressing his age. Oh, really? No kidding. And Zelensky, our good friend, little Zelensky, the man with the dirty, the guy with the dirty Fidel Castro outfit, demands that we full protective shield of anti-aircraft defense system. Not enough tank. Not enough bullet. Not enough howitzer. We want plane. We want air defense system. We want everything you have. More, 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 more. Or else you're no good. That's our ally. You hear this? I don't know where this goes. What about global warming? Many of you are fearful. I'm sorry, I should say a climate war- climate crisis, a climate change. Climate's been changing since God created the earth. Um, a true Nobel Prize scientist, not someone in African-American studies or uh, C- Canadian studies or uh, Icelandic water studies, but an actual Nobel Prize in the science of physics, something that Greta Dunberg never studied. So a Nobel Prize scientist declares there is no real climate crisis. He's immediately canceled for an International Monetary Fund climate talk. They, they cancel him. Truth doesn't matter. Science doesn't matter. All that matters is propaganda. That's what's going on under Joe Biden. He's the reason for it. We have a rotten president whose brain is rotted out, and he's now, see, the thing about him. Let's, let, let's say that all his life he was a centrist, which is the game he played. Fine. And then when he ran against Trump, he said he would unite the the nation. We all heard that. We know it was a lie. Then all of a sudden, as the time progresses that he is in office, he goes increasingly to the far left. Then he goes to the outer realms of the far left. And then he becomes so far left that no one can recognize the Democrat Party anymore. They're proposing things that pervert everything American about America. Swedish court convicts Greta Dunberg for truck-blocking protest. If ever there was a big nobody who amounted to a big nothing and was promoted to a big something by the big idiots in the media, it's Greta Dunberg. Video, Air Force head declares support for genders. You see this lunatic? Uh, it's, this is all on michaelsavage.com. There's another one with all sorts of stars on his shoulders. Air Force Academy superintendent Lieutenant General Richard Clark declared that he fully supports programs that are pushing gender ideology, not how to fly a jet in combat, not how to fight enemies, not how to uh, use any of the great equipment that we have, but gender ideology. And he said he supports demigender people being admitted to the U.S. Air Force Academy. And then a senator asked him, what does gender, uh, demigender mean? He said, I don't know. What's demigender? Sir, that's, a, uh, that's a, a, a term of the people that are eligible for that particular scholarship that yeah, is available to, it's a person who looks at their gender in a, in a, different, uh, a different way than I do, sir. Well, sure, that's all so, of these people. You're a cisgender man. You don't even get to apply. Well. Do you know what gen- demigender really means? I, I'm not really sure, sir. He had no idea what it was. U.S. Air Force Academy superintendent can't define gender ideology terms that they promote on campuses, but he's, he's all there. That's right. Pinpointing one program supported by the Air Force Brooke Owens Fellowship, which is supposed to be for women, uh, Congressman noted, you're literally pushing a program in the academies that says if you're a cisgender woman, a transgender woman, a non-binary, a gender, a gender, bi-gender, two-spirit, demigender, And he says, what's demigender? So the genius who runs the Air Force Academy says, sir, that's a a term of the people that are eligible for that particular scholarship that it's available person to. It's a person who looks at their gender in in a a different way than I do, sir. How's that for a genius at the head of the U.S. Air Force Academy? So let's say you have a child who's always wanted to be in the U.S. Air Force because they're patriotic. And they have the the aptitude to be a pilot. They have the brains and the guts to be a pilot. But unfortunately, they're the minority. They're a white, Christian, heterosexual male. They need not apply. Only cisgender, transgender, my gender, your gender, his gender, any gender 
but a normal gender is now welcome in the U.S. Air Force Academy. You think they'll make better pilots because they're cisgender, transgender? Isn't that what the Air Force Academy is supposed to be for? To train the best and the brightest to be the best pilots we have? Well, that's what America used to be before it was taken over by the insane radical left. And now we move on to some of the other websites out there on the Savage Rap. I hope you're enjoying my short little programs every day. They'll be done, oh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday-ish, maybe not on Thursday, and then we'll come back on Friday uh, for a wrap-up of the week. And we should keep them short. I, I think less than 15 minutes each is really all people want. I was told, notice I'm painting with a broad brush today. See, I took out my broad brush. I also brought a fine brush in case I want to do some fine brushing today. But I think I'm going to stick to some broad brushing. I was told that it's best to keep these appearances on social media under 10 minutes because the attention span of Americans today on social media is less than 10 minutes. Well, I didn't know what it was. And so we looked. And it turns out that the average person actually listens to shows on YouTube for about four minutes until they move on to the next picture of a cat defecating snowfield. That's the level of America today. And I know not you, you have a long attention span. I know we should talk about Hunter Biden. I know we have to talk about the testimony of one of his ex-business partners who has not testified. I know that. I've seen all of the news, and I see that this is right out of The Godfather. And um, f remember the, do you remember The Godfather uh, segment where Frankie Pantangeli comes in before Congress and he's supposed to testify? And they have his written testimony, and he's going to nail Michael Corleone to the cross. Remember that? Well, imagine Devon Archer, who was supposed to testify, and he's delayed it three times now. They have his sworn testimony against Hunter Biden, claiming everything that you've been reading about in the New York Post by Miranda Devine and others is all true. But he keeps canceling. So one of my Twitter followers, a person named Zenden, says, Reminds me, Michael, of the Godfather once again when Frankie Pentangeli was set to testify and he gets up there and they're all waiting for it. And he says, I don't know any Godfather. I got my own family. Then there's a huge, you know, then these FBI guys, and they kept telling me Michael Corleone did this. Michael Corleone did that. So I said, sure, why not? That's what it reminds him of. So Devon Archer was supposed to testify. Now, he's facing a prison sentence, says he's getting death threats. Uh, I kind of suspect that's true. This is the uh, savage rap for you. We're wrapping it up right now. We did earlier in the day. Uh, Biden threatens Netanyahu. He has become a totally mad dictator, not a peep from American Jewish leaders. And that's because most American Jewish leaders are not leaders at all. They're nothing but paid operatives of the far left in the form of George Soros. People even worse than George Soros control the American Jewish community, except for, I'm giving you my opinion, except for the ultra-Orthodox in this country who are conservative and love uh, the rights. They love borders, language, culture. They love family. They love religion. And they love God. Well, that's the wrap for today. On Wrap It Up, there's nothing else for me to, that I really want to say. If you've enjoyed today's program, with God's will and your listenership, I shall return. Now, what can you do to help this savage rap if you like it? I'm not looking for money. I'm looking for audience reaction. And that means when you go on, you can see this on YouTube. You can see it live on Twitter. You go on to uh, these sites and you do a it is. I don't even know how it works. I got to get an 11-year-old assistant to figure it all out. I thank you for being here. And I've paid with a broad, broad brush. Thanks for listening. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome to the Savage Rap from somewhere in America. Let's begin with this sound. So welcome to the Savage Rap. We are back to the original platform we were using, which is YouTube. And I, I won't go into the technical details. We try to simulcast on 
Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, and YouTube, but the new system didn't work out very well and people complain. So here we are. You are welcome to uh, chat with me during the program. Today I'm going to do news, views, and reviews, but it's going to be more reviews than it is news or views because of a couple of reasons. But before, I'm going to talk about the incredible Oscar de la Hoya documentary entitled The Golden Boy. The pride of East L.A., The Golden Boy. Oscar de la Hoya was the most popular fighter since Muhammad Ali. I've never seen anything as well done and as revealing, actually, in my entire life produced by Mark Wahlberg and others. And if you're, a, let's say, a sporting fan of any kind or you appreciate people who want to hit the top, amazing to watch. Whether you have HBO, you'll find it another way. I'll talk about that as well today. But first, I want to bring your attention to the podcast that we posted today on all uh, podcast sites. It's called The Return of the Wolves. I switch gears from news to, let us say, conservation. And it's about returning the wolves, letting them live, and working out with the ranchers, the balance between the ranchers and the and the wildlife folks. It's an amazing thing to hear about, and you can only hear it on my podcast, because I can't talk about Hunter Biden every day without vomiting. So welcome to the uh, show. You know why vomiting? Sure, I'd like to see him indicted for what he did. Sure, I'd like to see him and his dad dragged through the coals like they've done to everyone else in this country who disagrees with them, because it's a dictatorship. But with Mitch McConnell, Kentucky Mitch, you want to call him, or you can call him a moonshine Mitch, the land of moonshine, he's not wanting this to happen. Mitch McConnell doesn't want anything to happen to Biden. Mitch McConnell's as happy as a pig, and you know what, as a minority guy, because that way they can get away with anything they want and blame it on the Democrats. Don't you see the game, how it works? Haven't you watched enough movies in your life to understand the game yet? So there it is. You know, it's called above the law. Well, Joe Biden's above the law right now. I mean, there's enough evidence to put anyone in prison, but okay, you don't care. No one cares, apparently. The truth doesn't matter. So I want to talk about all the other stuff. Again, I invite you to go to my podcast, The Return of the Wolves. If you don't know how to find it, you go to Spotify or any one of the sites, go to michaelsavage.com. But I want to begin with a review, not the news. You can get the news anywhere. So last night, Regular night, you know, cook dinner and um, everyone in the family somewhere else, some in Europe, some in the high Sierras, some here, some there. I don't like to travel. I said, oh, you don't like to travel? That's sacrilegious. Well, for one, I live in the San Francisco area, which has got the best temperature right now in the United States of America. It's cool right now. It's a little warm, but the breeze is amazing. At night, you have to sleep under three covers. And it's back to the normal summer temperature that I like. And I, I mean, I love it here. Plus, I have done enough traveling all the years, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, the Marquesas, places that you may have been to, may have not been to. I don't need it. At the end of the day, when you travel somewhere, where are you going? You're going, you're taking this with you, aren't you? The supercomputer between your ears. So, all right, whatever. If you want to travel, enjoy it. I remember when I was a youngster, 18, and I took my first trip to Europe on a, on a troop ship. I met some old guy, a Dutchman. Uh, was he the old? Yeah, and the old guy said to me, there's only two reasons to travel, weddings and funerals. He was right. So thank God I have no weddings or funerals to go to. So here I stay put in the San Francisco Bay Area, speaking with you on the wrap. And there is, there's no phone number to call, but you're watching me live on uh, YouTube, which will then be posted on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I must tell you, people are saying, God, it sounds just like the old radio show. It does. The only thing missing is the callers. But with the, I'll be honest with you, it's actually better than callers because I can see your comments and choose whether or not to even react to them instead of waiting for the call screener to talk to you, which takes minutes of their time. So here we are. We are communicating and we're back here. So, okay. So it's summertime. I cook my dinner. And as usual, I like to watch TV as the sun goes down and with my eye toward the bay one eye on the bay and the sun falling that way and the TV on. And I search around and I, I hit a documentary called the golden boy. I was shocked. I happen to be a boxing fan. I have been since my dad 
well, since I was a kid, he used to watch the the Friday night fights. In, in that was like a thing in Queens. Ever since I can remember, Friday night fights, Gillette Blue Blades for the quickest, like a shave. Oh, yeah, some of these jingles stick in your head. So we'd watch the fights, and sometimes the uncles would come over. We'd all watch the fights. And none of these men were pugilistic, but they loved the combat sports. you got to understand something about men. There's not a man listening to this YouTube broadcast that doesn't want to know how to defend himself one way or another. It's in human nature to want to defend yourself. So they used to like to watch the fights. My mother didn't care for it. Most women I know don't like the fights. Today, it's a big thing. You sit there, you see the bimbos in the audience there. They're there only to be seen on camera that they care. You're sitting like watch. Inherently, it's a male sport at the end of the day, but there are female fighters, obviously. So I, I'm searching says Oscar de la Hoya, the golden boy. And there he is talking. Now, it's him talking now. Remember, this is produced recently by, by Mark Wahlberg and some others. And he's an older guy. His face is filled out. And I can relate to him. He's no longer this young, handsome, vital boxer. He's, I don't know how old he is, in his 50s. I don't even know how old De La Hoya is right now. But this is the most revealing documentary of a man I have ever seen. And wait until I'll tell you why. You don't have to, you don't have to watch it to say, I hate HBO. That's not the point. He reveals things about himself almost in tears. Here's, you got to admit, one of the, I got some paint on my hand. I was touching up a car. How do you like that? <laughs> I see some touch of paint on my finger. Well, you know, one thing is I'm a handy guy. My father told me how to use tools. So I said to myself, I wonder how many kids know how to use tools these days. I was touching the car up with some paint. All right, so what's paint? Big deal. So I'm watching a documentary. Here's a guy, allegedly one of the toughest guys in the world, one of the greatest fighters in history. And uh, he's in tears in some of the scenes for what he has done to his wives and his children how he's disappointed them. The lamentations of Oscar de la Hoya, now you wouldn't expect it. You'd expect some BS macho guy talking about how great he is. He's not on, he's not on radio. He's not on television telling you how wonderful he is. He wanted to strip himself bare and reveal himself. 11 world titles in six different weight classes. I want to be that hero. I can see myself fighting, and I don't even know why I'm fighting. Now, if you don't know who Oscar De La Hoya is, not only was he a great boxer and a certifiable world champion and in the Boxing Hall of Fame, you know, it's a big deal to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. I don't talk about it, but I am in the National Radio Hall of Fame. Now, there are many pretenders in the National Radio Hall of Fame, incidentally, who bought their way in. Their syndicator paid for them to be in the National Radio Hall of Fame. I was voted in by you, my listeners. I had th There were three people you could have voted for, me, the fraud Hannity, and someone else I forgot. With my smaller audience, I beat Hannity. So I am in the Radio Hall of Fame, which is a big deal to me. Oscar La Hoya is in the Boxing Hall of Fame. You say it doesn't matter. It's not the same thing. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. The fact is the documentary has 10 revealing moments. Some of them you don't have to know about. Now, remember... This guy struggled with fame his whole life. He was a boy from East Los Angeles, a Hispanic kid or a Latino, whatever you want to call a person from uh, a Hispanic background. He's of Mexican heritage, I believe. And he struggles with his fame and his fortune his whole life. Not only struggling in the ring to defeat his opponents, but as you will hear in this review today on the rap, he reveals that he was fighting with himself the whole time. Now, this is something I have recognized in most fighters, whether they be boxers or martial artists. Many of them are fighting with themselves. I've seen it over and over again. And as you will see, you, he, as he peels back the layers of his soul, a very complicated man, and he uh, re-examines his triumphs and his failures, you see a man struggling to this day to live up to the image of the golden boy. And they interview members of De La Hoya's family, including his father, Joel De La Hoya Sr., his sister, Cecilia De La Hoya, his brother, Joel De La Hoya, and then his children from three different marriages whose names are not really important right now, but his former fiance, Shana Mokler, childhood friend, and Eric Gomez, ex-trainer, Jesus Rivero, Boxing promoter Bob Arum, 
And boxing legend Bernard Hopkins is amazing. But the most am amazing part is coming up. And I'm going to go to the news in a minute. I know you only want to hear about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the world's coming to an end. But remember, I made my name in radio by doing news, views, and reviews, not just repeating what you could read on any uh, website. And so this is called a conversation. I mean, it was one way. It's a monologue, really. And it's not going to go on forever. But the most important thing that I'm going to tell you is the revelations that I saw in this documentary. So when they interviewed the boxing legend, the African-American Bernard Hopkins, this is something to behold. Later in his life, De La Hoya is already promoting other fighters. He was a smart as hell businessman. Not only, not only was he an incredible warrior in the ring, but man, he had a brain in there, as all boxers do. Uh, it's mainly strategy in addition to speed and strength and guts, but it's also strategy. He was a businessman, so he started promoting other fighters. He fights Bernard Hopkins, African-American guy. Incredible to listen to Bernard Hopkins. After Hopkins beats De La Hoya, apparently in the dressing room, De La Hoya signs Hopkins up to be one of his clients. And then they interview Hopkins saying that guy was so smart. And of course, his career took off. Hopkins' career took off for signing up with this bright guy, this promoter, right? So this is an amazing is a series of uh, personalities here. When would you expect a boxer who you would think is not that smart to also be a smart businessman? Well, so what are the 10 myths that were exploded? And then I'll go on. The most shocking revelation in this documentary is something you may recall in the back of your mind. Many years ago, he was seen in photographs in women's uh, clothing, in uh, fishnet stockings, panties, and high heels, and a wig. So at first you say, that can't be true. How could a guy that tough, how could that guy put on women's clothing and be seen like this. At first, they put out the lie that it was photoshopped. So listen to this. You'll never believe this story. They go to the girl who released the pictures, a Russian exotic dancer, a hooker, a stripper, Milana Dravnell, who claims in a documentary that Oscar once told her during their many drug and booze-filled encounters that his mother always wanted a little girl. I said, oh, my God, what? Even before he was born. And that Oscar's mother would dress him up in girls' clothing and they would sing and play. I said, oh, I got I can't believe this. The last thing I want to mention about this documentary in addition, oh, because in the documentary in part two, he says, you know, I was never really fighting anyone in the ring. He said, I was always fighting myself. And I've noticed this in all the years I've watched boxing, I've often wondered what motivates a man to want to get in the ring and beat the brains out of another man. And it's, they want to kill a part of themselves. So toward the end of the documentary of part one, when he gets his ass kicked by, by the uh, great uh, Filipino boxer, Pacquiao, amazing what goes on. It shows this great fighter who was as fast as anyone's ever been getting his ass kicked, pardon me, by Pacquiao in the ring, and you see he's not even fighting back. He's hardly blocking, and he says while watching himself getting beaten in the ring years later, he says, I was praying he would hit me one blow and kill me. This is De La Hoya saying, I was praying that he would kill me with one punch. I didn't want to live anymore. I wanted to be killed. You hear this? Can you believe this? So there are so many elements of a human soul that are expressed in this documentary that I felt I had to talk about it today on the Savage Rap in my news, views, and reviews, and the fact that he was an absentee father. He's heartbroken over the fact that he didn't do much for his kids. It's very heartbreaking. His uh, second son, Devin, who's 24, from a one-night stand with Angelique McQueen, explains how he felt about being the only one who never got to be around his father. And then this kid with the other kids, they all get together and they didn't know each other from the different mothers. And these kids from different mothers and the same father get to know each other as siblings. And they all say, we found out we all have something in common, which is a desire to please the father who was never there. There is so much in this. It's like reading a novel, but better. So my friends, thank you for listening. I know I didn't give you what you came here for. And so maybe I will give you something to take to chew on. It's about the fraud of climate change. Climate's been changing since Eve bit into the apple. Climate's been changing long before Al Gore came up with the scam.
So we go on now to the proof that climate change is a constant and that there's really nothing to be alarmed about. I had someone email me yesterday. said, Michael, you know, you're a PhD in science. Should we be worried with the heat wave? I said, absolutely not. It was a lot hotter several millennia ago. No one knows this. But what's the actual proof that the global warmers are full of crap? Well, years ago, I published it in a book called Government Zero. And it was about inconvenient research, the Vostok ice core samples. One of my listeners on Twitter reminded me I wrote about it. And I'm going to read it to you. It's real data. It's not created by Al Gore. It's not created for the people. It was obtained by drilling down into the ice above Lake Vostok in Antarctica to a depth of 10,000 feet. You following me so far? So the scientists drilled down to 10,000 feet in Antarctica, French and Russian scientists. They pull out a deep core sample or several samples, allowing them to study, among other things, the history of temperature and carbon dioxide over the past 420,000 years. You want real science? You got it? Guess what? The samples did show that increases in carbon dioxide always accompanied increases in temperature. But, and here's the big but, Al, the increases in temperature always came first. It was not the carbon dioxide levels that were driving temperature up. It was the opposite. The temperature went up, and that drove the temperature, the, the CO2 levels up. So the how do we know this? Because the increases in carbon dioxide, the new enemy, of course, it was in seltzer in New York, and most of the Jews drank it. Maybe that's why they were so much sugar from the seltzer. But the increases in CO2 consistently lag behind temperature increases by about 800 years. I know this is real science. It's not something you'd get at Harvard today about racism and things like that. So it proves that increased levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere didn't cause warming. How could it have if it didn't happen until after the warming? This knocks over the whole house of cards. But there's more. 325,000 years ago, global temps and CO2 levels were higher than they are today. Write that down, Greta Van Dumberg. You look like you belong in a mental hospital where you got to start the first grade all over again. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? 325,000 years ago, Al Gore, global temperatures and CO2 levels were higher than they are today. I guess Barry Obama didn't get any of this when he was at Columbia learning how to become a communist community agitator. And so right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are near the end of another warm interglacial end. And those of us who are educated in science know we're actually heading into another glacial cooling period where global temperatures will drop and ice will again form heavily at the poles. It's already happening, incidentally. Although there's a heat wave in Europe and America right now, the Antarctic has just had the greatest growth of ice again, by the way, since I wrote this book, in a very long period of time. If you don't believe me, look it up yourself. Maybe you can find it. I don't know with controlled. Uh, the government control on the Biden right now is so great that we're entering the Soviet Union, not another warming phase. My friends, that's it. That's it right now. I try to tell you what's really going on here with a little science in the savage rap. I came to the ring today and gave you an awful lot. I talked about the return of the wolves. Today's podcast just posted because I'm a conservationist at my core, more than environmentalists who are activists and politicians, not conservationists. Great book, great podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. And then we talked about the incredible, incredible revelations of the great fighter, Oscar de la Hoya, not to be missed. If you have HBO, please watch it. It's the opposite of the slime that they've been putting out you know, the, the, the pornography. I, I don't even know how they produced it, but they did. And I hope it's a big hit, not for HBO, but for the world. I want the world to see what Oscar de la Hoya really was. I'm not shocked by the thing about the fishnet stockings and the women's clothing. For, for one reason, you know, when I was a kid, I told you I watched boxing. I'll conclude where I started to show you how the mind works. My mind works very in an organized fashion. I told you I watched boxing every Friday night with my dad. And so there was a fight once where I think Kid Gavilon got killed in the ring. And in those days, there were men who died in the ring. How? I don't know. Okay. So Kid Gavilon got knocked out and he couldn't get off the mat. They picked him up on a stretcher. He died in the, in, the, uh, in the dressing room. 
Kid Gavilon, I believe, was gay. Now, there were a lot of gay boxers in the 50s. They were mainly Hispanic, they were mainly uh, African-American gay men. Now, you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Because if you grew up thinking that gay meant you were weak and you got your ass kicked by a gay guy who you insulted, you understood how wrong you could be, that being gay didn't mean you were weak or a pushover or a sissy. You get it? And so there's a bigger part to the story, which is, why was a gay man in the ring fighting in those days? Well, why would a gay man go in the ring today and fight and possibly get his brains knocked out? You know why? Because they wanted to prove that they were not weaklings and they didn't want anyone ridiculing them. That's all there is, my friends. And with God's will and your listenership, I shall continue to paint for you, not only with a broad brush, but maybe next time, with a very fine brush, as I did today on the Savage Rap. Remember to hit the like button and remember to go to michaelsavage.com or wherever great podcasts are heard and support this program by supporting the podcast, which supports my small staff of people who depend upon the podcast for their livelihood in plain English. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to say good night and thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.